Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Today's monologue is entitled Cancel Cancel Culture Before It Cancels You. Now, look, everyone has heard about cancel culture by now. Most think it is only aimed at bad people or mean right-wingers. They have no idea where this originated or where it will go. Most do not understand they will also be victims of this witch hunting unless they just say no and stand up to the hate mongers pushing the cancel culture. When will the leftists come for the Jews? Why do I say that? Why? Because the Bible is filled with racist, sexist, homophobic admonitions. Will the communist left demand that all Bibles, especially the, quote, Old Testament, be burned? What would you do then? Throw Granny's Torah into the flames? If the left in this nation is not stopped, they will go for the religious amongst us, first the Christians and then the Jews, just as the Soviets did and the communist Chinese do now. They go after Christians. Will you remain silent as the left demands certain churches be shut for good? Which side will you take? Many of you are left to scum. You want the churches closed. You've been breaking crosses off war memorials for years. Well, soon we're going to start breaking you off uh, war memorials. As with all things involving cancel culture today, the roots of this outright insanity can be traced to the election of Donald Trump. Yes, you heard me. It was after his election that I wrote a book entitled Trump's War. And in a chapter entitled Trump's Culture Wars, I wrote this. Plato recognized that artists always misled the people. They're like a weed. Take a look at the filth on the American Music Awards and in the entertainment industry in general, like the Grammys. Ask yourself if that has something to do with the wreckage and disorder of our society. Some people will say we should just ignore them. They're just a bunch of dumb celebrities. I believe you should ignore these dumb celebrities and artists 
at your own peril. Art and music are very powerful, and they've been used to influence the masses, often leading to the demise of great societies. Plato, the great Greek philosopher, saw art and music as powerful and therefore potentially dangerous. We saw last fall what happens when a group of deranged junkies with the power of Hollywood, armies of lawyers and PR agents behind them, and the unquestioning support of newspapers, we saw what happens. You wind up with the corrupt, degenerated society we now have as millions of impressionable young people follow their lead. That was in Trump's war. In a subchapter of Trump's culture wars called How Academia is Poisoning Our Culture, I wrote this. One of the primary theories of liberalism going back to the 1970s is don't be judgmental. If you criticize anyone who does something crazy, stupid, perverted, or just plain wrong, liberals would say to you with a sneer, don't be judgmental. Have you ever been told that? Why is it that liberals claim they don't want to judge anyone? They do. They judge anyone negatively whose politics don't conform to their left-wing ideology. When they say don't be judgmental, they're using that phrase as a weapon to prevent any criticism of leftist thoughts or actions, unquote. I wrote that. Now, what I wrote in that last paragraph we are seeing today, it is called cancel culture and is leading to the death of our nation and the death of the people within it. It started in 2017 after the election when conservatives who were usually allowed to speak on college campuses began to have their speeches canceled. When they weren't, a then fringe group called Antifa began to hone their violent tactics, threatening the speakers, then setting fire to buildings. Fed by the leftist teachers that preached their communist message in the classrooms, they began to take to the streets in cities like Portland and Seattle. But it was the death of George Floyd that was the shot heard around the world of this current cancel revolution. From that one death sprung the Marxist group Black Lives Matter. They took to the streets in major cities and joined by anti-far leftist thugs began to loot, riot, maim, murder, burn down buildings, tear down statues, take over sections of cities, and shouting cries of defund the police. That's when the artists and celebrities entered the stage. The artists and celebrities took to TV screens, social media, and sporting events, preaching the fraudulent Black Lives Matter message. And if you didn't bend the knee, literally to the national anthem, or if you had the nerve to say all lives matter, or if you defended the police, you were ostracized, your job was threatened, and in many cases lost, your homes were defaced, and your families made to live in fear. Remember the St. Louis couple pictured famously standing in front of their homes, armed to chase away Black Lives Matter bums? What happened to those people? They didn't shoot anybody. They just stood outside their home and wouldn't let the left-wing bums attack them. They're being sued by the city of St. Louis simply for protecting their home. Why? Because a district attorney was put in there by George Soros. These Marxists, leftists, and Antifa agents then pulled another weapon from their arsenal, social media. The internet warriors, including celebrities and athletes, began posting pictures, old tweets, and Facebook posts, old videos going through high school yearbooks of targeted individuals to find anything that could be deemed as, quote, offensive. And then they did everything they could to ruin these people's lives. They would post phone numbers or addresses of the offendees so the armies of the vermin could harass them in person at their places of work, their homes, or the children's schools. When conservatives sought to use the same resources and techniques to fight back, the big tech companies shut them down. Twitter, Facebook, and Google 
the three-headed monster of the apocalypse, exercised the power they had and wielded it like a machete over anything they disagreed with. They would block user access to the site, put up warning labels on information they disagreed with, or just completely shut down accounts so people would be silenced. Not yet satiated, the mob came for our history as well. The New York Times famously published the 1619 Project, organized by radical activist Nicole Hannah-Jones, claiming the real founding of America was in 1776, but 1619 when the first slaves were brought over. Then they came for the statues of Washington, Jefferson, and even Lincoln, who freed the slaves. The capital of Ohio, Columbus, removed their statue of Christopher Columbus. Even Frederick Douglass's statues were removed. Names of these famous people were removed from schools and other public buildings. Feeling empowered, the leftists then went for even obscure names of famous Americans who may have once said something offensive. People like John Muir, who evidently wrote racist comments of Native Americans and African Americans hundreds of years ago. Institutions and companies looked at all this and decided to take proactive measures to show how advanced and how woke they were. So-called critical race theory became company-mandated courses for their employees to take. Seminars in schools asked white people to examine their whiteness. At the Smithsonian, the National Museum of African History and Culture began promoting new material seeking to explain, quote, aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture. Do you know how racist and offensive that is? Some key identifying characteristics of whiteness, the Federal Museum explains, include, quote, possessing a master and control nature, quote, aggressiveness and extroversion, heavy value ownership of goods, space, property, a taste in steak and potatoes, bland is best, and no tolerance for deviation from single God concept. Are you listening to the insanity? As I've told you before about the poem, First They Came by Martin Niemöller, the famous German cardinal. He wrote this because he himself was put into the German concentration camps. And he said when he survived World War II, Cardinal Lee Muller wrote, first they came for the communists and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak out for me. Well, in this case, the communists, socialists and trade unionists are the ones that are coming for you. And they're eating their own as well. Ellen DeGeneres, as left wing as they come, was canceled after several allegations were posted that she fostered a toxic workplace culture. J.K. Rowling was canceled after making several anti-trans comments. Anna Wintour was canceled after people called her out for her history of not supporting or elevating black content creators and employees. Hilaria Baldwin was recently canceled after she was accused of pretending to be Spanish. Kirstie Alley was canceled after criticizing the Oscars Diversity Initiative and for being a Donald Trump supporter. And lastly, between Chris Pratt's membership in an anti-LGBTQ church and his alleged political views, Chris was canceled. Hollywood was turning on its own and no one spoke out for them. And because of things like that, we are at the point of the erasure of content by the companies themselves. Disney is restricting access to Dumbo, the aristocrats, and other beloved classics to young people because of, quote, offensive stereotypes in these movies. The publisher of Dr. Seuss removed six of his books from their catalog for the same false reasons. 
Turner Classic Movies is presenting a show called Reframe Classics, which promises wide-ranging discussions about 18 culturally significant films from the 1920s to the 60s that also have so-called problematic aspects. Films like Gone with the Wind are offensive for having racial stereotypes. Psycho was attacked for the, quote, implications of equating gender fluidity and dressing of women's clothes with mental illness and violence, unquote. Breakfast at Tiffany's and Mickey Rooney's performances as Mr. Yunioshi to Fred Astaire's blackface routine in swing time. No one is safe. Everyone is at risk. Leftists are playing this down as a conservative conspiracy theory, even as the so-called woke mob comes for them. This only leads to bad places. We are living in a very dangerous time. It is a time when our nation is acting like France during the time of the French Revolution. All that mattered was the accusation, Jacques Hughes. The crowd would yell and there would be no trial by jury. You are guilty in advance. Based upon hearsay evidence, you're condemned to death by the guillotine. Our young are becoming just like the French revolutionaries and calling for people's heads. But this is not new to history. You had Vladimir Lenin's Young Pioneers, a mass youth organization of the Soviet Union for children ages 9 to 15 that existed between 1922 and 1991. Similar to the scouting organizations of the Western world, the Young Pioneers of Russia learned skills of social cooperation and attended publicly funded summer camps. In line with the Soviet doctrine of state atheism, the Young Pioneer Leaders Handbook stated, quote, quote, every pioneer would set up an atheist corner at home with anti-religious pictures, poems, and sayings, unquote. The pioneers were promoted as models of a true socialist future generation of youth determined to help bring the Soviet Union towards the total victory of communism at home and in all sectors of society. Then you had the Hitler Youth, The Hitler Youth were used to break up church youth groups to spy on religious classes and Bible studies and interfere with church attendance. Education and training programs for the Hitler Youth were designed to undermine the values of the traditional elitist structures of German society along with their privileges. Their training also aimed to obliterate social and intellectual distinctions between classes in Hitler's Germany to be replaced and dominated by the political goals of Hitler's totalitarian dictatorship. Are you chilled to the bone yet? More similar to what is playing out today is Mao Zedong's Red Guards. Mao made use of the group as propaganda and to accomplish goals such as seizing power and destroying symbols of China's pre-communist past, including... Listen carefully. Ancient artifacts and grave sites of notable Chinese figures. They were knocked down. Moreover, the government was very permissive of the Red Guards and even allowed the Red Guards to inflict bodily harm on people viewed as dissidents. The movement quickly grew out of control, frequently coming into conflict with authority and threatening public security until the government made efforts to rein the youths in. With even Mao himself finding the leftist students to have become too radical. Does it sound familiar? How about the Khmer Rouge? You know who they were? During the 1950s, Khmer students in Paris organized their own communist movement, which had little, if any, connection to the hard-pressed party in their homeland of Cambodia. From their ranks came the men and women who returned home and took command of the party apparatus during the 1960s, and they led an effective insurgency against Lan Nol from 1968 to 1975. The youth regime, the Khmer Rouge, was highly autocratic, totalitarian, xenophobic, paranoid, and repressive. 
They murdered hundreds of thousands of their perceived political opponents in Cambodia. And its racist emphasis on national purity resulted in the genocide of Cambodian minorities. Arbitrary executions and torture were carried out by its cadres against perceived subversive elements or during genocidal purges of its own ranks between 1975 and 1978. You don't think that's related to the youth of today in America? I do. You don't think it could happen again or you don't think it could happen here? The Spanish philosopher Santayana famously said, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. But he also said, fanaticism consists of redoubling your effort when you have forgotten your aim. Is that not exactly what is going on with cancel culture? How does it end? It ends with you being canceled unless you speak out against these left-wing scum and speak out loudly and strongly or you will be canceled next. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Things fall in place sometimes when you least expect them. I had set up a luncheon with two friends of mine, one friend I know very well for many years, and he has said there was a general who had met me during a speech I gave to a group of Special Forces veterans a number of years ago, a very brief speech, and I am not a combat veteran. I'm not a veteran at all. I was honored that they even invited me to speak. I began that speech to the veterans at that time by saying I do not wear, as someone who was not worn the red badge of courage i'm humbled to speak before you but i found something out about real heroes they don't really care whether you fought in combat or not they care about what you're doing in your life now and so he told me a friend of his a general was uh interested in meeting me and we had lunch recently in a local restaurant and i was looking forward to the lunch and then i realized something i said wait i'm doing a podcast on cancel cancel culture before it cancels you what an opportunity this is for my audience. These men put their lives on the line to fight communism. They know firsthand what communism is, what it is, what it smells like, and how it starts by banning statues, knocking down statues, and ends with human graves. Most people don't understand as they do. I'd like you to listen to this and tell me what you think. It's short, but very, very poignant and very, very important. Let's listen now to Michael Savage interviewing two men who put their lives in the line to fight communism. Let's hope it doesn't come to that here. So today I'm speaking with two friends of mine, one old friend, one new friend, hopefully. And over lunch, we were talking about socialism, communism, our way of life, where it is today, where it's going. And uh, this podcast today is about cancel culture. And many of the people listening don't know that cancel culture has been around a long time. Maybe it started before, but I'll trace it first to the French Revolution. J'accuse. All you had to do was accuse a neighbor of something, of being a counter-revolutionary. That person was dragged out and his head cut off by the guillotine. Eventually, after the, all the revolutionaries took over in France, there were no counter-revolutionaries to kill. So who did they kill? They started killing each other. They canceled each other as being counter-revolutionaries. And so I wanted to ask these warriors who I'm sitting with what they think, having fought in Vietnam against the communists. Remember, that was a, a war against communism, was it not? So, gentlemen A, what would you say 
in any way generically? Well, all I can offer is the logical extension of what happens when communists have power, and that is on my first uh, deployment to Vietnam in 1968 during the Tet Offensive. I went over as a young infantry officer with all of the training and history that I knew at that time about the war in Vietnam and how we had become involved. I had never had any combat experience and I'd never seen the results of what the enemy could do. But sometime at about mid-March of 68, my little unit, which was operating around the old imperial city of Hue in Vietnam, discovered, and Hue had been occupied by the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese for a number of weeks during the 68 Tet Offensive, and the Marines had done house-to-house -house fighting and driven them out. But during the occupation of Hue, people disappeared, civilians disappeared teachers, doctors, members of the South Vietnamese military, um, foreigners who were there to help as aid or medical assistance disappeared. And in many, many instances, there were lists had been prepared in advance uh, and they were rounded up and given a quick trial under a tribunal and then taken out somewhere outside the city and murdered. Um, my little unit discovered one of the first of these mass graves that had over a hundred bodies in it, a long ditch, men, women, and children. And when I say children, I mean very young children, babies, several Caucasians that turned out later we found that were a West German medical team that had been rounded up by the communists. They had all been either shot in the back of the head, they had their hands tied behind them, and some had not been shot and had been evidently buried alive. My experience then brought me face to face with what communism is really all about. And communism is the logical extrapolation of socialism. One leads very easily to the other. Mm -hmm. I offer this only as one example of what I saw firsthand of what the communists can do. There's no comment that I could make about what you saw, what you lived through. I'm sure you still have nightmares about it to this day, seeing people in a grave. I personally believe that socialism and communism, uh, once it takes over a country within five years, you end up with some form of a dictatorship. It's a power grab. Uh, you have the lower group of people, and then you have the leadership with the power. And uh, it could be a czar, a president, whatever name you want to name them, but and whether there's good elections, bad elections, or whatever else, I still think you end up with a power base coming out of socialism and communism. You need to be aware of that. General, if I may call you that in an anonymous case, we won't give away who the general is. You were shot down over Vietnam, rescued both gentlemen here. 
put their lives on the line, fighting communism, fighting for freedom, fighting for America. We're sitting here in a nice restaurant now, table four, our bellies are full. Looking back, looking forwards, do you think I'm being extremist and paranoid in saying, wait a minute, this cancel culture can lead to the rounding up, the re-education, the execution of America? Or is that crazy? Well, haven't you already uh, just recently uh, taken books and saying you can no longer sell them, have them, uh, offer them? Uh, you go back and look at other cultures, and I'm not going to pick on other cultures, but where you burn the books, you destroy the past history, and then you create the you, the present power, uh, are the true leadership, and this is what the country is and what it's about. So we'll only be able to read Obama's books and, and, and Joe Biden's books. We'll only be able to read what's politically acceptable. Well, Amazon's already delisting books. Amazon is doing a digital book burning, basically. Mm -hmm. Same thing. How do we teach this to the young when the schools won't? I'm trying it on a podcast with a limited audience, a couple hundred thousand people. Maybe they'll spread it and give it to their children. Can this be stopped, or do you think once this starts, it's a cancer that can't be stopped? Well, it depends on the family. It depends on the responsibility of the adults that have these children. They're the basic teachers of their background. They need to be aware of what they're being taught outside instead of being happy they don't have to do it. Some of these parents are worse than the children. They Remember, I called them red diaper dopa babies for years. These are the children of the red diaper dopa babies who are now worse than the parents ever were. They're ruthless. Well, anyway, that's my editorializing. These gentlemen are not as uh, vociferous in their paranoid vision as I am. And perhaps I'm crazy and wrong, but I kind of doubt it because I did study history to an extent. And I believe it's the obligation of all of us to speak out wherever we see an injustice of this type. And when I mean injustice, saying cancel him, cancel her, cancel this, cancel that. Today it's Aunt Jemima, tomorrow it's the Bible. And we don't want it to go there. And when will an adult on the Democrat side step in and say, enough is enough? Will they ever step in? We there's, stop there's one this thing tomorrow. that... Um one thing I'd like to toss out, Antonio Gramsci was a co-founder of the Italian Communist Party in the um, early 20th century. And he is famous for saying, to gain power, you don't need an armed revolution. All you need to do is destroy the fabric of the society. And we're well along to that right now. Fabric. The Savage Nation, it's Savage On Demand. Now we look at people, products, and companies damaged or destroyed by the left wing in America under their guise of cancel culture, in the guise of fairness. BLM, Antifa, academics, Hollywood, these are the new fascists of today. There have been victims of their fascism. But do most Americans believe in cancel culture? No. According to a Harvard Caps Harris poll released this week, the last thing that people want is cancel culture. The poll released to The Hill shows increasing fatigue with the social media fuel drive to cancel celebrities and public figures. 64% of respondents said the cultural boycotts were a threat to freedom in the U.S. 36% of idiots disagreed. This includes Democrats who are divided on this as well. The fact of the matter is cancel culture is a threat to our survival. 
Among liberal voters, 48% believe cancel culture is a threat to personal freedom. But 52% of liberal morons do not because they're stupid and evil. Tech companies be very careful because the public sees them acting out of bias towards the Democrats and voters are calling for new regulations to ensure fairness and openness. Remember what I am saying. Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, they are all behind this and they should be very careful because they could be the next who will be canceled. But let's now look at some of the companies that have fallen victim to cancel culture just in the past year. Mr. Potato Head. Why? Can anyone explain this? Why Mr. Potato Head? I guess he's not inclusive enough. Six of Dr. Seuss's books will not be published. The company said the publishing of the works by Theodore Seuss, Ted Geisel, said we're removing these titles over images they contain that are seen as racially insensitive. Aunt Jemima. Maple syrup will now go by the name of Pearl Milling Company. And the breakfast syrup that you're used to will no longer have the image of Aunt Jemima. PepsiCo, which owns Aunt Jemima, announced the syrup's new branding in February. The company said the packaging, quote, did not reflect our core value, core value right out of the universities, right out of communism. Disney, removing movies. Two of its attractions, along with the subject of racial controversy, would be getting a change up Splash Mountain. Criticized for its connection to the movie Song of the South will be themed after the animated film The Princess and the Frog. Disney said journey to the Jungle Cruise, which many have complained contains offensive depictions of native people, will also be adjusted. The Disney organization will drop several of the once-loved, now controversial titles from the kids' menus per the initiative. Children on the set will be forbidden from watching Dumbo, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, and the Aristocrats. What? Dumbo? Can anyone explain that to me? Peter Pan? Swiss Family Robinson? I grew up on them. I never saw them as racist, did you? Well, this is what's going on as a result of the scumbags, the vermin, the lowest of the low in the universities and in Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and of course in the entertainment industry. The Cleveland Indians have decided to get a new mascot. They'll begin working on a new name, saying it was time to move forward. Cream of wheat, instant hot cereal, still goes by the name cream of wheat, but the company that owns them, B&G, said they're going to change the product's packaging, removing the image of a black man that the company told Forbes, quote, reminds some customers early depictions they find offensive. Uncle Ben's, company owned by Mars, said be changed the name Uncle Ben's Rice to Ben's Original. They also decided to remove the image of an elderly black man that had long graced its boxes. The company said, we understand the inequities that were associated with the name and face of Uncle Ben's brand. It's only a picture. Washington Redskins. Now, Mutual of Omaha, the insurance company, announced in July that it would be removing the logo that depicted a Native American chief wearing a headdress from its branding. The company said it had desired to help overcome racial bias and stereotypes. Logo has uh, since been changed to a lion. How about Eskimo pie ice cream? Remember that? In June, Dries announced that it would be changing the name of the ice cream treat Eskimo Pie to Edie's Pie because it felt the term Eskimo was derogatory. The company said in a statement to the Washington Examiner on Thursday, said in a statement to the Washington Examiner that response from customers to the change was positive. It added sales for Edie's Pie have outpaced the category since our announcement, blah, 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 blah. You get the picture, don't you? What else has been attacked? Well, many things. In the new world order being driven by the radical left, the woke insanity of cultural revolution, here are some of the other victims of this insanity. 
immigrant-owned Louisville restaurant gets the man's letter from BLM to improve diversity. It's a shakedown. BLM is a shakedown group like the mafia, in my opinion. An immigrant-owned business in Louisville, Kentucky, saw protesters gather in support of the restaurant in early August after a Black Lives Matter group sent them a letter with a list of demands that included filling at least 23% of positions with black employees and ensuring at least 23% of inventory came from black retailers. This is right out of the mafia's playbook. While providing diversity training, mafia, mafia training, at least twice a year. They, they own the, listen, these thugs own the diversity training racket. Do you understand this? Now, here's the rub here. Demonstrators told the restaurant owner, Fernando Martinez, that he better, quote, put the list of demands on the door so your business is not effed with. This is your Black Lives Matter mafia. Martinez said to a crowd of supportive protesters, how can I be called a bigot and a racist when my family is black, when my son is gay? Well, that's because it has nothing to do with black or gay. It has to do with a criminal enterprise called Black Lives Matter, in my humble, non-PC opinion. How about kneeling for the national anthem at sporting events to protest America as an evil and racist empire? Remember a few vermin did that for a while? Well, now it appears that any athlete who stands in respect for the nation must apologize. The NFL is changing fields and helmets into BLM billboards. You'll still go to those games, idiot. You'll still watch those games, moron. Half of young Americans thinks it's fine to fire people who supported Trump. Sierra Club, New York Times, says the national parks are racist. The Sierra Club moved to sever ties to its more than 100 years deceased founder, John Muir, for racist statements in the context of the 21st century, even after a study from the organization deemed Muir's views progressive for their time. New York Times, New York, published an op-ed complaining that the national parks are too white and unwelcoming to minorities. How do you like that? You think there's no effect? You're wrong. It's getting worse by the second. What else has gone on in America? Well, plenty. You want to hear more about it or you're bored of this already? You heard about the NFL, the Sierra Club. A segregated Denver yoga studio was shut down for insufficient wokeness. What? It was a segregated yoga studio, which had special classes for minorities and LGBT people. They shut them down anyway after community activists derided the company as an institution of white supremacy. Former employees complained that the studio's refusal to hire a diversity expert, that's a mafia expert, contributed to the hostile environment at the company, holding certain clears where white friends and allies were unwelcome. Do you understand how this is or not? Chicago removes Columbus statue. Nearly 50 officers were injured protecting. Michigan high school teacher fired for saying Trump is our president. That was then. This is now. The LA Times ran an op-ed. On July 14, demanding that the national anthem be abandoned, the Star Spangled Banner should be abandoned for Lean on Me. The piece's author, New York Times communist Jody Rosen, said the patriotic tribute served as a crude relic of racism. She can go to hell. She can go to hell. She go back to the country that her grandparents came from, Mother Russia. Media rips Trump for stating a fact. That was then. This is now. Legacy media piled on President Trump for simply stating that more white people are shot to death by police than black people. It is true. The NBA bans jerseys reading free Hong Kong, but allows burn Jews and kill cops. The so-called National Basketball Association banned customers from making custom jerseys to read free Hong Kong while allowing patrons to write burn Jews and kill cops. And you still watch basketball games by these tattooed thugs? 
There's a lot more. There's a lot more. It's going to get much worse before it gets better. Many of us have predicted this, and now we are living through it. And it's up to you to stop them. How do you stop them? You do not watch ball games that are run by these racist pigs. You stand up in classrooms and say, I object to this kind of communism. You have to put your mouth where your brain is. You have to be on the front lines or there'll be no front and no lines. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. What we are living through today was seen by very brilliant people in the past. Two of my favorite authors were Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, of course, and many other great novels, who I became obsessed with when I was 17 or 18 years old. In fact, I traveled to London to try to find some of his more obscure articles in a London museum. Orwell, of course, 1984, saw what was coming. But what most of you don't know is that the left is bringing about not a brave in the world, but a dead in the world. Back in 1958, when Aldous Huxley was still alive, he was interviewed by the broadcaster Mike Wallace. He's the father of the low-class, slimy, whiny Chris Wallace, who you see today on Fox News. The sneering Chris Wallace is not fit to shine his father's dead shoes. But in 1958, Mike Wallace, who was a very good journalist and a good interviewer, asked Aldous Huxley, who and what are the enemies of freedom here in the United States? And he talks immediately about technology and technological devices as the greatest threat. And he warned that as technology would become more and more complicated, it would pose a greater threat to the freedoms of our society. As you see it, who and what are the enemies of freedom here in the United States? Well, I don't think you can say who in the United States. I don't think there are any sinister persons deliberately trying to rob people of their freedom. But I do think, first of all, that there are a number of impersonal forces which are pushing in the direction of less and less freedom. And I also think that there are a number of technological devices which anybody who wishes to use can use to accelerate this process of going away from freedom, of imposing control. Well, another force which I think is very strongly operative in this country is the force of what may be called over-organization. Uh, as technology becomes more and more complicated, it becomes necessary to have more and more elaborate organizations, more hierarchical organizations. And incidentally, the advance of uh, technology has been accompanied by an advance in the science of organization. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. And so that you have more and more people living their lives out as subordinates in these hierarchical systems controlled by bureaucracies, either the bureaucracies of big business or the bureaucracies of big government. Well, another force which I think is very strongly operative in this country is the force of what may be called over-organization. Uh, as technology becomes more and more complicated, it becomes necessary to have more and more elaborate organizations, more hierarchical organizations. And incidentally, the advance of uh, technology has been accompanied by an advance in the science of organization. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. And so that you have more and more people 
living their lives out as subordinates in these hierarchical systems controlled by bureaucracies, either the bureaucracies of big business or the bureaucracies of big government. And then he talks about how Hitler used terror of one kind, brute force, but he also used a very efficient form of propaganda and was using every modern device at that time. Well, there are certainly devices which can be used in this way. I mean, let us uh, take, uh, after all, a piece of very recent and very painful history is the uh, propaganda used by Hitler, which was incredibly effective. I mean, that, what were Hitler's methods? Hitler used terror on the one kind, brute force on the one hand, but he also used a very efficient uh, form of, uh, of propaganda, which uh, uh, he was using every modern device at that time. He didn't have TV, but he had the the radio, which he used to the fullest extent, mm -hmm. and was able to uh, impose his will on an immense mass of people. I mean, the Germans were a highly educated people. Well, there are certainly devices which can be used in this way. I mean, let us uh, take, uh, after all, a piece of very recent and very painful history is the uh, propaganda used by Hitler, which was incredibly effective. I mean, that. What were Hitler's methods? Hitler used terror on the one kind, brute force on the one hand, but he also used a very efficient uh, form of, uh, of propaganda, which uh, uh, he was using every modern device at that time. He didn't have TV, but he had the, the radio, which he used to the fullest extent, mm -hmm. and was able to uh, impose his will on an immense mass of people. I mean, the Germans were a highly educated people. The point is, it seems to me, that there are, are methods at present available, methods superior in some respects to, to Hitler's method, which could be used in a bad situation. I mean, I, what I feel very strongly is that we mustn't be caught by surprise by our own advancing technology. This has happened again and again in history. With, Technology has advanced, and this changes social conditions, and suddenly people have found themselves in a situation which they didn't foresee and doing all sorts of things they didn't really want to do. Well, at present, the television, I think, is being used uh, quite harmlessly. It's being used, I think, uh, I would feel it's being used too much to distract everybody all the time. But, I mean, imagine, which must be the situation in all communist countries where the television, where it exists, is always saying the same thing the whole time, is always driving along. It's not creating a wide front of distraction, it's creating a one-pointed uh, drumming in of a single idea all the time. It's obviously an immensely powerful instrument. He also talks about the effect of drugs on the mind, how people can be controlled with pharmacological devices. And I think it's quite on the cards that we may have drugs which will profoundly change uh, our mental states uh, without doing us any harm. I mean, this is the, the pharmacological revolution which has taken place, that we have now powerful mind-changing drugs which, physiologically speaking, are almost costless. I mean, they are not like opium or like coca, uh, cocaine, which uh, do change the state of mind, but uh, leave terrible results physiologically and morally in regard to the use of the of the drugs. We know there's enough evidence now uh, for us to be able, on the basis of this evidence and using a certain amount of creative imagination, to foresee the kind of uses which could be made in a, uh, by people of bad will with these things uh, and to attempt to, 
to forestall this. And in the same way, I think with these other methods of uh, propaganda, we can foresee and we can do a good deal to forestall. I mean, after all, um, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. He made a prediction on future dictatorships. Uh, now, I, I think what, what is going to happen in the future is the dictators will find, as the old saying goes, that you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you want to preserve your power indefinitely, you have to get the consent of the ruled. And this they will do, partly by drugs, as I foresaw in, uh, in Brave New World, partly by these uh, new techniques of, uh, uh, of propaganda. Uh, they will do it by bypassing the sort of rational side of man and appealing to his uh, subconscious and his uh, deeper emotions and uh, his physiology even, and so making him actually love his slavery. I mean, I think this is the danger, that actually people may be in some ways happy under the new uh, regime, but they will be happy in situations where they oughtn't to be happy. He talked about, as I just said, technology feeding propaganda and how propaganda destroys the soul. All kinds of uh, new devices uh, coming into the picture. I mean, the, for example, this thing which got a good deal of publicity last autumn, a subliminal projection. I mean, as it stands, this thing, I think, is of uh, no menace to us at the moment. But I was talking the other day to one of the people who has done most experimental work in the in psychological laboratory with this, who was saying precisely this, that it is not at the moment a danger, but once you've established a principle uh, that something works, you can be absolutely sure that the technology of it is going to improve steadily. And I mean, his view of the subject was that, uh, well, maybe they will use it to some extent in the 1960 campaign, but they will probably use it a good deal and much more effectively in the 1964 campaign, because this is the kind of rate at which technology advances. And we'll be persuaded to vote for a candidate that we do not know that we are being persuaded to exactly. vote for. Exactly. I mean, this is the rather alarming mm. nature, that you're being persuaded below the level of choice and reason. Democracy depends on the individual voter making an intelligent and rational choice for what he regards as his enlightened self-interest in any given circumstance. But what these people are doing, I mean, what both for their particular purposes, for selling goods, and the dictatorial um, propagandists are doing, is to try to bypass the rational side of man and to appeal directly to these unconscious forces below the surface, so that you are in a way making nonsense of the whole democratic procedure which is based on conscious choice of, on rational grounds. He then talked about freedom. He talked about brainwashing children. Oh boy, how's that one? How children would be brainwashed by a dictatorship as we are now seeing today in our schools. Well, I mean, here, okay, this whole question of children, I think, is a terribly important one, because uh, children are quite clearly much more suggestible than the average grown-up. And uh, suppose that, uh, that for one reason or another, all the propaganda was in the hands of one or very few agencies, you would uh, have an extraordinarily powerful force playing on these children, who, after all, are going to grow up and be adults quite soon. Uh, I do think that uh, 
this is not an immediate threat, but it, it remains a possible threat. And you can read in the, uh, in the trade journals the most lyrical accounts of how necessary it is to get hold of the children, because then they will be loyal brand buyers later on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, again, the, you just translate this into political terms. The dictator says they will be loyal ideology buyers when they're grown up. The, all the democracies are based on the proposition that power is very dangerous and that it's uh, extremely important not to let any one man or any one small group have too much power for too long a time. After what are the British and American constitutions except devices for limiting power? And all these uh, new devices are extremely efficient instruments for the imposition of power by small groups over larger masses. First of all, it's a question of education. Uh, I think it's uh, terribly important to uh, insist on individual values. I mean, what is... Uh, there is a tendency, as um, you probably read a book by White, The Organization Man, a very interesting, valuable book, I think, where he speaks about the new type of group morality, group ethic, which uh, speaks about the group as though the group were somehow more important than the individual. He then talked about freedom itself. At the end of this interview, you will hear Wallace ask Huxley, is freedom necessary? I think you will not be shocked by Aldous Huxley's reply. Mr. Huxley, let me ask you this, quite seriously. Is freedom necessary? As far as I'm concerned, it is, yes. Why? Is it necessary for a productive society? Uh, yes, I, I should say it is. I mean, a, a, a genuinely productive society. I mean, I think you could produce plenty of goods without much freedom. But I think the whole sort of creative uh, life of man is ultimately impossible without a considerable measure of uh, individual freedom, of, uh, that initiative, creation, all these things which we value, and I think value uh, properly, are impossible without a, a large measure of freedom. Pay very close attention to this interview with Aldous Huxley. I'm Michael Savage. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Caustic news and bitter coffee, here we go. My favorite part of the day because the news is getting more caustic on a daily basis now that we have a dictatorship run by the Democrat Socialists slash Communists of America under the front man, Joe Biden. And he sure is biting this nation pretty hard. I don't know if you know what's going on, but the borders have been completely broken open to the extent that even the president of Mexico has come out and made a rare and unusual speech saying Biden asylum policies are boosting illegals and the cartels. That's the president of Mexico. Are you listening to this? A senator in California wants to cancel vaccine protests. You're not allowed to say anything now in the communist state of California. Cancel men, says a monster. You got to go to Michael Savage come and see the face of this monstrous, radical feminist. That's a code word, you know for something else. This is over in England. Green Party peer says all men should face a 6 p.m. curfew. Baroness Jones calls for a ban on males after dark to make women feel safer and less discrimination as women share their fears of violence. Now, of course, she is talking about certain men, not all men. There is a 
plague in Britain right now of certain men of a certain background who are basically attacking and raping women with impunity, especially when you look at where most of these cases of violence are happening. Here is a woman, 33 years old, walked home to Brixton. Now, Brixton, as you well know, is a certain place in London with a certain type of person living in Brixton, and she disappeared. So now this vermin, this left-wing, psychotic, anti-male thing, if you look at the face, it's a thing that looks like it came out of a, a cave somewhere, like a bat in human form says that men should be banned after 6 p.m. That's just the beginning of the insanity. It gets worse. Utah mother dies four days after taking the second COVID-19 vaccine dose. Yes, it's a small number of people who've died from the COVID-19 vaccine, about 1,600. But will you want to be one of those 1,600? I won't because I'm not taking the vaccine. They can take their passport and shove it. Fauci admits science does not drive all of the CDC's decisions. You're kidding me. The two-faced, lying, fork-tongued vaccine pusher said that? Really? Stanford medical professor insists COVID lockdowns were the worst public health mistake in the last hundred years. But someone named Michael Savage said that first. Everyone was caught by surprise. There's a $60 billion sneaky tax hike in Biden's covid relief bill you're kidding me really i was shocked what else is in the news that you don't need to know a new york city school has encouraged kids to stop using words like mom and dad so that there's an inclusive language that's being used now you know who's pushing this don't you certain people they don't want you to use the word mom dad and parents because the words make assumptions about kids home lives so in other words the smallest minority of deviants who don't want you to use the word mom, dad, and parents are now dictating that all children must now conform to their deviancy. There is a word called deviancy. It's used in statistics. There's a deviance in statistics. There's a deviance in family behavior. There's a deviance in sexual behavior. That's where the word deviant comes from. You cannot let the deviants now dictate the language that is being taught to our children. Can I make it any more clear for you what's going on in the country under Biden, that they've all come out from under the rocks that they were hiding under during Trump's administration? What else is in the news? I told you this would be caustic news and caustic coffee of the day. The coffee stinks, incidentally. Cuomo groped me. Sixth accuser claims, <laughs> oh, God, governor reached under her blouse. That's terrible. Why is he still in office? Why is he still in office? If this was anybody else other than the thug who runs New York State, do I have to spell it out for you? Who he is, where he comes from, what his background is? Hey, you have never watched The Sopranos or The Godfathers? What, do you have to put two and two together to come up with 15? Why is he still in office? This guy is a clear thug. He's gotten away with whatever he has wanted. So now the women are finally getting to him. Time for Governor Cuomo to design more than 55 New York Dems call on Governor to quit. He won't quit. He's not going to quit. He's part of the machine. He's on the East Coast. And let's put it this way. Pelosi's on the West Coast. Now, I'm not saying Pelosi gropes people. She's just groped America. That's all. 
De Blasio joins Outcry Cuomo can no longer serve as governor. That's because de Blasio, who destroyed New York, wants to now destroy New York State. Uh, white professor complains about black students shocking video shows. Oh, really? She's not allowed to say that? If the kids are outrageously behaving? What else is in the news? Mark will have to talk about that dirtbag, that piece of garbage. Mark will I care about in my country's melting down. The borders are open. Okay, here's when Biden will deliver his first primetime address. Are you kidding? When? When is this? Is he still living? Biden to deliver first primetime address tonight on anniversary of pandemic. Primetime, 8 p.m. East on the anniversary of lockdown. Commander in chief. <laughs> he put out a $2, billion, $2 trillion COVID relief package that was mostly pork for liberal causes. Migrant president, Mexico, says Biden asylum policies boost illegals and cartels. What do you want from me? You think I'm making this up? It's, it's a, a nation that is melting down. Okay, I'm going to go to a few more sites and I'm off. I'm gone. I can't take it anymore. Seeds of division, says Fox News. Farmers react to racial justice measures tied to billions in COVID relief, a tucked inside partisan bill. Racial justice measures? You know what that means, don't you? Stealing land from farmers? No, that's not racial justice. It's a relief bill only for black farmers. A relief, a relief bill only for black farmers. That's not discrimination. That's not racism. Are you listening to this? It includes billions of dollars in debt relief and assistance only for farmers of color. Are they crazy? If you're a certain color, you don't have to pay back money? If you're Asian, you pay back money. If you're white, you pay back money. If you're Latino, you pay back money. Estimated $4 billion to pay up to 120% of black, Hispanic, Asian, or Native American farmers outstanding debt. Oh, it's everyone but white farmers. Everyone but white farmers gets a free ride. How is this possible? The package put together by Pelosi and the Goon Squad designates a billion dollars for equity commissions, agricultural training, improved land access, and other assistance to advance racial justice in farming. Do you understand where this will lead? We have the most productive farmers and farmland in the world. If this does not stop, we will be like Zimbabwe, and we will be on the world stage begging for food. This is total insanity. It's gotten not out of control. It's beyond out of control. Now let's go to Breitbart News. Stacey Abrams pressures corporate America to oppose voter integrity laws. In other words, she wants mail-in votes. She wants dead people to vote. She wants everyone to vote except citizens who pay taxes. L.A. gets $1.35 billion in a bailout from the COVID bill. It's the largest expansion of the welfare state since LBJ. House passes first gun control bill. Carbon tax coming. And we're supposed to pay attention to Cuomo and him grabbing someone under a blouse? That's terrible. But it's not as big as being raped by the Democrat Party under Biden, the greatest threat to our freedom this nation has ever faced. All right, I'm gagging on this caustic news. I don't know about you. And I do this for your sins, not for mine. I'm going to go to one last website, which is the worst in the United States of America. It's Nancy Pelosi's website called SFGate. 
Bay Area Asian man is brutally beaten outside home. That's terrible, but they don't show you who's beating up the Asian men. You know it's not white supremacists. You understand that? Local facility could become detention center for migrant children. We need more of them. You hear this? Look, I can't take any more. I can't take much more of this. There's nothing else to tell you about. There's nothing else to tell you about other than this. Make sure that your powder is dry and your ammo is dry because you're going to need it very, very soon if this keeps up. Well, that's all for caustic coffee and caustic news of the day on the Michael Savage podcast. And if you think things are bad, they are very bad, but they're going to get much worse. Just take a look at San Francisco because that's coming to a town near you. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. So my last podcast was on sleep, especially sleep and health, sleep and disease, sleep and COVID. And uh, last night, before I went to bed, I was on the internet, you know, the last minute checkups before dinner. And I went on Twitter and I saw a story after seeing this story. I posted it on Twitter. I'm going to open up Twitter right now with you and see if I've not been thrown off again. The headline was Biden busts borders wide open. Lowest of the low pouring in for everything free in America. And I said Trump was our last great hope. The article was linked from the New York Post and it said, without debate, President Biden has decided on complete open borders. No congressional hearings, nothing but a dictatorship from this senile old fool. Well, I'm opening up Twitter. Have they thrown me off? Let's see. Oh, it's still there. Not a lot of traffic because I'm shadow banned, but the story is almost heartbreaking. Here we're just coming out of a COVID epidemic and they're bringing them in with diseases. Absolutely illiterate, even in the language of their land. They're illiterate in Spanish, certainly illiterate in English. They have no skills. What the hell are we bringing them in for? You tell me. Cheap labor? For what? It's stoop labor. The tech labor they're bringing in from India, Pakistan. That's so that uh, the Zuckerbergs of the world can get even richer. The Bill Gates of the world can get even richer while flying around telling us about global warming. But these people, what are they going to do in this country? More welfare recipients? Anyway, it's still up there. So what are the comments? What are people saying? It's been over for a long time, but at least Trump slowed things down a bit. That's true. It says, but now the collapse is in hyperspeed, thanks to our fellow citizens who can now breathe easier now that Trump is gone. You're right. You are right. And what am I going to do about it? Well, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. And then you get the moron liberals. Thank God for the two immigrants who discovered the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, they didn't come over the border without an education from Guatemala or Honduras, moron. What a bunch of idiots. Let me say one last thing on this immigration thing, and I'm the son of an immigrant. I'll keep saying it over and over and over again. They came here legally, and they worked their, their hearts out in this country. They didn't come here for a handout. They worked their hearts out. The Statue of Liberty says, give us your tired, your poor, and your hungry, or something to that effect by Emma Lazarus, the communist. And, of course, it sounds good, the engraving on the Statue of Liberty. But let me remind you of something. 
That saying on the Statue of Liberty was written when there was no welfare state. Sure, the tired, the poor, and the hungry were brought in, but they were working the factories and the fields and the mines, or they would starve to death. That's not true for this group coming in here. By the way, look at how obese the women are. Have you taken a look at the health of the women? You're not allowed to say it. You can't look at it. Well, I I think I've said enough on that. Now let's go to the other news of the day, if we can dare look at it. It's just hard to believe that this is happening so fast to the country. Biting incident. Biden dog sent back to Delaware. What? What is this story on michaelsavage.com? There's the ever-smiling Mrs. Biden who's really running the country. We know he isn't. We got the social worker running the country now. The establishment media fawned over Biden's dogs in an attempt to normalize his bizarre and corrupt family, says Breitbart. But now, according to a report, President Joe Biden's German Shepherd had a serious biting incident with White House security and returned home to Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, stop. After one of the German Shepherds major had an aggressive behavior incident with one of the White House security, said the CNN report. Oh, really? The dog was known to display agitated behavior on multiple occasions, including jumping, barking, and charging at staff and security. Wow. In 2018, the Delaware Humane Association had a litter of six German Shepherds. According to NPR, ugh, blah, 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 the puppies have been exposed to an unknown toxic substance and were very sick. What was the substance? Liberalism? The puppies were... Anyway, you get the story. So uh, the dog major was the first ever rescued dog to live in the White House and attacked security and they got rid of it. That's all. I love dogs, and I'm an animal rights activist type up to a point. Swiss agree to outlaw facial coverings in Burka ban vote. You mean they want to retain Switzerland? They didn't want to turn it into a, shall I say the words? The Swiss voted to ban burkas and other face covers, and a measure critics say is a violation of Muslim women's rights. Go to hell. The burka isn't even in the Quran. It's turned women into chattel, according to the animals that own them. It's unbelievable to me. A far-right proposal. What do you mean a far-right proposal? I mean a nationalist proposal to ban facial covering in Switzerland won a narrow victory. Well, it won, though. Didn't Biden win by a narrow victory, you asses you? Instigated by the, instigated by the same group? Instigated by the same group that organized the 2009 ban on new minarets. So Switzerland wants to remain Switzerland. How dare they? How dare they? You know, I could take this statement that these asses at Reuters wrote and say a far left proposal to install Biden into the White House won a narrow victory in a referendum instigated by the same left wing group that organized the 200. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's all propaganda. So there it is. And so the People's Party in Switzerland put in the Burka ban said before the vote. And I'm quoting now, in Switzerland, our tradition is that you show your face. That is a sign of our basic freedoms, unquote, said chairman of the referendum committee and a member of parliament for the Swiss People's Party. They went on. Facial covering, quote, is a symbol for this extreme political Islam, which has become increasingly prominent in Europe and which has no place in Switzerland, he said. (laughs) Muslim groups condemned the vote and said they would challenge it. Oh, did they? The Central Council of Muslims in Switzerland said, today's decision opens old wounds. 
further expands the principle of legal inequality and sends a clear signal of exclusion to the Muslim minority. They must have gotten that from one of the uh, Marvins in New York at the ACLU. Marvin must have flown over to, uh, to, to Switzerland to write that for them. It promised legal challenges to laws implementing the ban and a fundraising drive to help women who are fine. They should throw them out of the country. They should throw them out with the, listen to me, Switzerland has every right to remain Swiss instead of becoming, oh, what's the use? What else is in the news? Harvard professor Sparks Outrage says World War II Korean sex slaves of Japan volunteered. I know you're not going to believe the story, but I found it and put it on michaelsavage.com. Let's jump to another site. Uh, let's go to the Drudge Report. Slowest spread since pandemic. Drudge is going the other way now. You're going the other way now saying it's, the epidemic's dying out. And then we got to the Royals again. The Royal Boys seduced by that Macon Markle. Macon Markle seduced the Royal Moron and is destroying the whole Royal family. And Oprah, meanwhile, the oppressed minority, Oprah pulled 17 million viewers. Remember her? She complained that she was oppressed as a black woman. <laughs> uh, Palance silent over Megan's claim of race remark. Come on already. Everyone's a victim. Your father suggests she exaggerated snotty Harry. Colin, my pity for these sad, naive, damaged souls. White House praises their courage for speaking. Oh, what a dumb White House. Let's see what else. Uh, a meteor explodes over Vermont with force of 440 pounds of TNT, causes tremors, rattles buildings. Are you sure that Bernie Sanders didn't need beans? A meteor explodes over Vermont with a force of 440 pounds. <laughs> oh, you got to laugh at this. What else is in the news? Let me jump to the New York Post before I get this over with. How a college student went to a music festival in NYC and wound up dead. If I have to read one more story about a nymphomaniac who got high on drugs and went to some rave and died, I'm going to throw up. I want to have some coffee. Mm. <sighs> Student admits spreading false story that led to teacher's beheading. Prince Charles in state of despair after Prince Harry's Oprah interview. Prince Charles. Oh, Prince Charles, the global warmest. He put his uh, paintbrush down. Prince Charles, that dunce. He's wearing one of those cheap masks that you throw away. The surgical masks that everyone stopped wearing. Here's how much Governor Cuomo's COVID book advance reportedly fetched. No one bought the book except his stupid brother, Frito. What is this now? Markle's dad attacks snotty Harry. I've never dressed up like Hitler. Again, Morgan? Unilever to scrub the word normal from beauty packaging. Okay, you can't be normal now. That's an insult to the abnormal. There's nothing here. Boy, they're slipping. The imposter gorilla glue girl GoFundMe account pulled. Screw them. White House touts $1.9 trillion stimulus as most progressive in history as GOP bash bill. Are you joking? Your children's 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 children will never pay off what Biden just did to this country. Newsom recalls almost certainly a go after reaching 1.95 million signatures. No kidding. Yeah, well, be careful what you wish for. Because waiting in the wings is somebody far more left-wing than Gavin Newsom. Did you hear what I just said? So let me jump now to the most left-wing and worthless website in the world, uh, San Francisco's newspaper, and see if they even covered 
that the recall is on. No, it's nowhere to be seen. See, they won't even put it into Nancy's uh, mimeograph sheet. The San Francisco Chronicle, which used to be a very good B newspaper when I moved here, has become worse than a mimeograph sheet of Nancy Pelosi. It's not even in there, the recall. It's not even mentioned. It's, it's their mimeo sheet. Here's the headline. How many vaccine doses are SF area counties wasting? I'm terribly afraid of heights. I tried SF's new ropes. It's stupid. Idiotic. Not one word about the illegal aliens, the bums. who You know, they closed down every Walgreens in the downtown area of San Francisco because the homeless, filth, disgusting, garbage bums were robbing the stores blind, dropping their human waste in the streets. They would go in the stores, rob all the stuff they wanted in stolen suitcases, take the stuff out. The police couldn't arrest them and then sell the stuff on the street in front of Walgreens. They went out of business. Can they blame it on racism now? Okay, no, they can't blame it on racism. They can blame it on liberalism, the mental disorder. Bay Area chef blasts Burger King on offensive ad. Let me read it, and then I'm going to get off the site. Offensive ad that says women belong in the kitchen. Oh, come on. That's the biggest thing on their mind? Yes. Okay, I'll go to Breitbart News. Dog bites, man. At White House, we covered that. Poll says majority opposed Democrats keeping schools closed. No kidding. Okay, nothing here. State Department says goal to end the Afghan war, same as Trump had been. France, Afghan migrant refusing to wear a mask beats women cops. And he's still there? An Afghan migrant beat female French cops after refusing to wear a mask. Isn't that what they do in their country? What'd they bring him in for? She beat up the women cops. That's what they do in Afghanistan. That's what they brought him in for. Okay. 1,200 officers launched simultaneous cocaine raids against European shipping megaport. Yeah, good luck. All the drug addicts in Europe. Hillary Clinton, she's still living? Says the filibuster should be retired. Uh, no. I think you ought to be retired already. Why don't you go home and martinize that purple dress, Hillary, and leave us alone already? Can you just go away? Okay, New York firefighters under investigation after racy photo shoot with Instagram model. Okay. De Blasio on Cuomo scandals. I just don't see how he can govern effectively. That's because de Blasio wants to be governor. Whitmer piles on calls for thorough independent investigation of, of Cuomo. Yeah, all right, good luck. They're just covering their back with the radical left women. Activists want International Women's Day 2021 to include men celebrate trans women. That's stupid. That's just stupid. Okay, there's not... Well, uh, one. you want me to go to one more site? I, I've been in doing this for 14 minutes now. Let's go to Fox News. Email exposes dangerous migrant surge, meaning illegal aliens pouring in. White House begs for help after downplaying border crisis. That stupid moron. That stupid moron letting in the sickest, the dumbest, and the poorest of the world into a country that's already broken and bankrupt. I think that's all I'm going to say about the reckless presidency of Joe Biden. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have 
over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.